Phil, that was uh, Neil Allen, uh, author, um, seeker, uh, you know, very interesting story, very honest. Uh, and uh, he's uh, started in therapy uh, and then went from, they had a therapist who had a kind of a spiritual background and uh, has been with Osho and uh, studied uh, under someone who studied with him. And uh, interesting. And, and his book, The Shape of Truth, uh, fascinating, a, an interesting approach. Yeah, I, I never, I've heard a lot of good things about uh, the diamond approach and right. uh, Almas. And apparently, uh, obviously, Neil was uh, strongly affected by it and has adapted uh, these, uh, what I gather are uh, some combination of traditional Sufi insights and Almas's own work to uh, somehow come up with these 35 body forms, as he calls them, that are uh, somehow um, observable and experienceable within the body. And the therapeutic use of it seems to be an opening uh, for people, at least the ones yeah. you know for whom well, it well, works. Well, what would be interesting, though, is when they're observable within the body, I wonder if that uh, is something that comes easier to some people than others, or if it's something that develops over time, because I've done uh, nothing quite like that, but other things that involved uh, self-exploration or experience or whatever. And, and uh, sometimes I uh, oftentimes did not have the experience as uh, was anticipated. Yeah. Or That's a good question. Yeah. We should, I, I wonder about that. Um, Cause I, I asked him during the thing, uh, if it, if it was anything like Eugene Gendlin's work, he was a psychologist at the university of Chicago and had this uh, therapeutic approach uh, where you, uh, you know, tune into what's happening in your body. And he called it a felt sense. It was very popular. It's called focusing work. And um, I wondered if it was similar, but at, he said it's not, but um, it, it sounds similar in that there's a certain sensitivity to what's happening in the body that's required. And I, I just, you're, it's a good question whether some people... Right. Um, well, some, some people in general, in my experience, is some people uh, are better able to tune into whatever it is than others. The, the yeah. other thing I'd like to, I'd love to have him back on sometime, question more about is, uh, it seems uh, uh, in confronting death, I think what he recommended about working in hospice and all is uh, wonderful. My own father, one yeah. of the ways he dealt with my mother's passing was he became a bereavement counselor through hospice and wow. uh, he, in helping other people, I think in large part, and he, was, he, he would say this, it was very helpful for him. And uh, although I, I think when it comes to confronting death, what, what we were talking about, I think belief plays into it in a big way because if somebody believes they're going to the happy hunting ground, uh, it's a lot more uh, appealing to them <laughs> than somebody who thinks, okay, that's it. Or, you know, uh, whatever, or, or I have another life coming up. And he, he sort of referred, mentioned that because he said, oh, I can continue my work or whatever like that or my progress. Yeah, not if, if you believe that. If you don't believe that, then 
uh, it would be difficult to have that say. I'm, I'm sure uh, that's true. You know, at the you know when you're facing it square on, if you if you think there's something good coming to the soul, it, it's no doubt comforting, and it probably helps you face death. I, 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 I that would seem to be the case. Right, right, right. On right. the other hand. You know, my mother was a you know devout atheist who you know she kept insisting that you know death is just the end and it's like going to sleep forever. Right. And she she you know she she wasn't afraid right, when right. she was dying. So you know you never know. Some people who have a belief in an afterlife are terrified because they think they're going to hell, well, well, or they're going well, to be punished, or they're going to turn into has used that for centuries to to to, to get control of uh, people as of other groups and religions and all and and there are those in that faith that don't do that and yeah. I think the emphasis has been uh, since Vatican II has been less in that uh, direction uh, and and uh, more in in a, in a more uplifting and positive direction. But I bet there's know. a lot of individual variation. The other question I had was. Uh, we now have hospice, and he a lot of what uh, Neil was saying about what he learned and how he's changed in his view of death and all that came from spending time at hospice. Well, maybe people who die in hospice um, have a different experience of it right. than people who die, you know, uh, right. you know. Very good point. Yeah, in a hospital where they're suffering, or there's you know craziness going on, or at home with you know the wrong people around you, <laughs> or on a you know side of a road because you were hit by a car, right. you know, or uh, you know the hospital. Yeah, because the guy, the guy who said, uh, "I almost died in my whole life flashed before me, and then I realized it was the wrong life." And it was somebody it, else's life, it, right? Somebody else's life. And, you know, not to kid about, but it's. Uh, <laughs> But, but I, I'm sure it varies, but, you know, it, this notion, this spiritual practice of facing death, he mentioned Montaigne, the, the philosopher, I'd never heard that, but right. uh, the Buddhists and Hindus, there, there's a long tradition of meditating in cemeteries and, and um, uh, right. cremation grounds you mentioned uh, that in one of our recent interviews that came that's up. right yeah. that's right and i remember when i was doing yogananda, yogananda was brought right i was i was i was i learned when i was researching the yogananda book that um when he was young and he was a seeker teenager in calcutta he was doing everything you know he could every he learned all kinds of practices and stuff and at one point he had a tantric teacher who had, and they would meditate on the cremation grounds, you know, at the burning gots where, you know, bodies right. were burned. And, and he had a skull that he, he had, uh, he was keeping in his uh, meditation room in his house until his father found it. His father <laughs> did not like that. And, uh, but that, it, it's, a, it's a tradition of, uh, you know, Looking at death and the impermanence right, right. of life is a, is a valuable spiritual it gives practice. You a perspective on life, but in any event. Well, the book, uh, The Shapes of Truth, and uh, uh, get it? We'll uh, probably have him back on at some time, at some point. Yeah. There are some other things I'd like to 
get into with them. And again, uh, if you're watching, please subscribe on YouTube channel. If you're uh, listening, please subscribe. Doesn't cost anything. We have about 300 shows in our archives and some really great stuff. You know, it, it's uh, so enjoy it. Uh, and we want to keep it online and free for all time to come. So anybody uh, that's out there that wants to help us do that, please contribute. We, we're not a nonprofit. You can't make a donation, but uh, please uh, make a contribution and go to spiritmatterstalk.com. And, and if, you're, is there. if you're new to our podcast, um, go back and take advantage of, you know, 250 or so shows that we recorded before we started doing videos. You can have the audio, you can get it on right. your phone. Right. Uh, we have right. a few years worth of right. incredible people whom we've uh, spoken to. Right. It's, um, it's a spiritual path in itself to go through right. the archive. It's a great course. Okay, right. until next time. Next time, here we go. Bye. Bye.